0: It's time for another episode of Tucson Means Business, featuring Tucson's top entrepreneurs and leaders in the business world. And now your host, Mark Bishop.
1: Yes, and another Tucson Means Business. And it has been business in many ways, and my special guest today, Daryl F. Mallett. He's the chairman of the Arizona Film Expo. He's an award-winning actor, producer, writer, and a partner at Caribou Moving Pictures, LLC. Welcome, Daryl.
2: Thank you, Mark. It's good to be here.
1: While I'm very impressed with what I've read about you, I just had to get you on on my show. Um, We're going to be talking about this wonderful expo that's coming up in Tucson. And what it's going to do for Tucson, and what it represents. You're a Christian and a father of three beautiful children. I
2: believe. Yes, sir. That's the proudest achievement in my life is my children, and uh, all of them are beautiful, hammy hams, just like their father, <laughs> and uh, brilliant, just like their mothers. So. Uh, Yeah, it's the best part of my life.
1: We're going to talk about the independent film industry here in Tucson. What independent film industry? (laughs) We'll get to that and the financial ramifications of that. But before we do, your own career, both as an actor in film and stage, has been quite diverse. Let's talk about that, if you don't mind. Comedy's people... The Case of the Reluctant Major back in 1986.
2: Uh, it was like 100 years ago, wasn't it? Uh, here we are in the 21st century. Yes, that was a movie that was shot on my college campus, and my big first role was... Thug Number Two, and all you saw <laughs> of me was my left shoulder and arm as I pulled the heroin off camera. From so
1: that was the first role. That right?
2: was the first role, yes.
1: Well, you hit it big after that, Star Trek.
2: Star Trek was fun. I auditioned for Wesley Crusher's role when I was, I think, I was nineteen or twenty at the time. Wow! And I di- of course, I didn't get it. Will Wheaton ended up uh, with the part, but I was fortunate enough to play. Extras in several episodes cool. of Next Generation. Well, you had
1: a good run with that. I think it was from 87 to 94.
2: Yes, there was about four episodes that I did there, plus Star Trek VI, the movie, and Deep Space Nine. So that was yeah, a lot of fun. Yeah, I was going to get to that. Yeah.
1: So you made a quit at least early in your career. You made a buck, right?
2: I made a buck or two, yeah. yeah. I
1: mean, a lot of guys and gals didn't, didn't yeah.
2: they? Yeah, I actually made more from selling an episode to uh, Next Generation with two other people. So oh, that was fun. Cool. Yeah.
1: what on earth was cannibal women in, in the avocado jungle of death well
2: because there's a jungle in it you know adrian barbeau was in it so this is back in 89 yeah though. back in 89 adrian barbeau shannon tweed and richard Poorman from kroq in, L- in los angeles were the stars
1: it sounds like a secret
2: it was pretty bad it, it was a great great experience though
1: then some Star Treks again. Six, The Undiscovered Country. Yes, sir. Uh, Star Trek um, Deep Space Nine. Yes, sir. Uh, Six years of that, 93 to 99.
2: All in roles for which there is no Oscar award. <laughs> uh, never mind. I mean, you know.
1: What was the most fun to work on, Daryl, do you
2: think? I think the Star Trek franchise was the best. Paramount had such a rich history already uh, by the time I I showed up on the scene. And I was very fortunate to meet A.C. Lyles, who was a legendary producer there that sort of took me under wing and became my mentor while I was there. And of course, meeting all the cast and crew from the various Star Trek uh, franchise episodes and movies. Just really a highlight of my life, being able to meet them at all, let alone calling some of them it must have been
1: fabulous working
2: it, with it that great. Uh, caliber of,
1: of stars, though. You know. Yes. What about, well, how did the Book of Secrets come about with National Treasure?
2: So that was interesting. I was actually working on another project, and we broke for lunch, and I went around the corner to grab lunch, and they were shooting a, a scene <laughs> on the street there. Ran into the casting director, who I knew, and she said, what are you doing right now? And I said, I'm getting lunch. And she says, I, I've got a movie we're shooting right now. Do you want to? be an extra in it. And I said, sure, why not? So I'm, I'm walking by in the background as uh, Riley Poole's uh, Ferrari is being towed away. So it was like just this throwaway walk by. It was great. You're was blessed, welcome. I think. Yeah.
1: You were the producer on a short film called Retro Causality?
2: Yes, sir. So uh, This
1: is what, 2019?
2: Yes, we just finished. It's in the, uh, making the rounds in the film circuit right now. And uh, we just finished showing in Jerome. And uh, we'll be in the Show and Mesa Film Festivals in two weeks.
1: Well, it's got to get to Tucson, right? Uh,
2: eventually it'll get to Tucson, yeah. Okay.
1: Um, assistant to the producers on The Message and associate producer on Illusion. Now, that wasn't a
2: bad movie. Illusion, that's not, probably not the one you're thinking of. Illusion was actually done by a company here in Glendale, Arizona called uh, Draco Productions. So it's a very small production, you know, under $10,000 just Somebody here wrote a script, asked us to help her produce it, and it was a fun fun flick to work on.
1: Okay, okay. So, I mean, you know, this is rich with the history, the southwest area of Arizona, because you realize this, of course, interview is going all over the place. Sure. You never know who's going to hear it. We're here in Tucson, Arizona, beautiful Tucson, blue skies, sunshine all year round. And uh, this used to be, you know, the home of movies. Back in the what, forties, fifties?
2: Yes, uh, Hollywood came here. We're only eight hours away from Los Angeles, and so we we did a lot of film. Uh, probably for fifty years, we were the Hollywood backlot, if you will. You know, we were the bride of Hollywood. People would come here. Tons of westerns were shot at Old Tucson and and White Stallion Ranch in Marana, both of which are still there. Oh,
1: John Wayne used to love that, didn't he? Yes, he, he John was Wayne
2: a... was there and. Uh, uh, I'm trying to remember the others' names, Ben Johnson, Gary Clark. I mean, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. the names just The Duke, through. he was my favorite as a kid. And Robert Shelton, who owned <laughs> Old Tucson, he was just a go-getter, you know. Yeah. He would go to Hollywood and say, hey, come on out. We've got 364 shooting days a year. Yeah, it's and,
1: wonderful. Yeah. And in those days, were there tax write-offs?
2: No, there weren't. They weren't. The tax, write- tax incentives in the state were only done between 2005 and 2010. Mm. And, Interesting. Uh, then they went away again, so
1: one you know makes you think you know do you really need them
2: they're important, I think mostly for the invest the investor' side of it, but if Hollywood wants to come here, they'll come here,
1: regardless yeah you've won a few awards in uh, your wonderful field, but I wanted to touch on what was Falcon field I mean this is where you uh You produced, I think, based on a history book of the same name, right?
2: Right. What's that about? That's actually in development right now. Falcon Field is is what the name is of Mesa's Municipal Airport currently. It was built in 1939 by Jimmy Stewart and many other Hollywood stars as part of the... uh, Uh, Lend-lease program that we did with our allies in Britain. So it was built as a British Royal Air Force training base uh, for World War II. Uh And just an amazing history. There were films shot there like the Thunderbirds with Gene Tierney. Um, So the cadets were extras in movies while Um, they were training. Fabulous, yeah. They would go to Hollywood. So there was a lot of interaction between Hollywood and Falcon Field. I lived next door to it for eight years before I found out that this was its history, right. and I was compelled to write this book and met over 300 of the RAF boys, uh, many of whom have just been dropping like flies the last few years. They're all in their late 80s, yes. early in late 90s. Fantastic gentlemen, and it was, the book was really a labor of love. It's available from Arcadia Publishing. And then uh, a friend in the industry called and said, would you be interested in developing this into a dramatic television series? And I had to think about that for about three seconds before (laughs) I said yes. (laughs) And so that's actually in development right now.
1: Right. Well, when you first started uh, sharing that with me, I thought you were going to tell me, because I think Jimmy Stewart flew.
2: Jimmy Stewart did fly planes. Uh, he was a yeah
1: private pilot, uh-huh. and, and a lot of the Hollywood stars used to.
2: Right, and I wouldn't
1: be surprised if they were in and out all the time. Here,
2: and you know. they were doing also working with the other countries, you know, our allies during World War II. There were 29 mm-hmm. nations that actually trained in Arizona during really? World War II. Chinese Chinese. There's wrestlers. a lot of rich history there, isn't it? Yes, for there a good is, movie, for sure.
1: Mm, makes you think. Now, you've won a few awards. We talked about that. You're an award-winning stage actor. Yes. Appearing in over a dozen productions, including the infamous Pirates of Penzance. <laughs> that was for the Carson Civic Light Opera. Yes. And you won a Drama Logie Award, uh, which is an Ebenezer Award for his performance in A Christmas Carol. Yes?
2: Yes. I played Christmas Future, which has no speaking part. So it was quite the... yeah. Quite the shock to win an award for for physical acting. Physical and, yeah, acting, yeah, mm-hmm. it was a lot of fun. So, Dramalog was a was a theater magazine that existed back in the day, and they would give out awards for performance regional performances. So, best Christmas Future of Southern California that year. I mean, that's I feel pretty good about that.
1: I like to do a person's background when I interview because it gives us a very good idea where your head is at. Yeah. and what you're trying to do particularly, which we're going to get on to, because it's a big challenge bringing this, uh, you know, the whole gamut of Hollywood to try and get them to come to Southern Arizona, into Tucson, and what you're doing with the Film Expo, of starting something that, who knows, maybe 10 years from now we can uh, turn around and say, wow, to think we it, it's this big now, you know, we never thought it'd get to here, right. that type of thing. Now, an author, you pen well. you've published 19 books. Where are they? On Earth? Do you get the time to do this stuff? Well,
2: being a chronic insomniac helps. Uh, If you don't sleep much, you have time to pound the
1: keyboards. (laughs) Uh, You've edited 50 books. At least. And uh, and you've got a few more coming on the next couple of years. Anything there that's worthwhile telling us?
2: Uh, We're going to have a second part of Falcon Field. The first one was a pictorial history. The second one, will actually get into the Lend-Lease program with with England. Um, And then there are five other Royal Air Force bases that were scattered across the United States, so I'll be reaching out to them as well to try to put a book together on each one. Mm
1: -hmm. Well, I tell you what, uh, it's coincidental because it was only this weekend I had a friend over uh, from Australia and he was dying to see the Beamer Air Museum. And I hadn't been there as yet, and the Boneyard. So that was a heck of a tour. Yeah, uh, just in there alone, the history. You know, oh, what I've all hairs on the back of my neck. Yes. I tell you, yeah. you are heading up something very important for the state of Arizona. It's happening right here in good old Tucson. Actors and crew in Hollywood that can be picky and choosy, shooting their locations. Actors and crew in Arizona tend to view the entire state as local. Give us the background on what's happening.
2: So because film tax incentives seem to be important to the Hollywood structure, when other states started offering them and ours went away in 2010, a lot of the big studios went somewhere else. They went to Albuquerque, they went to Georgia, they went to Toronto. Uh, but so that that automatically obviously reduced the number of productions that were being made in Arizona. So a lot of the actors and crew members here went other places because that's where the work is. They went to California. They went to Albuquerque. Mm-hmm. And so the reason that this is important is because we're trying to bring it back to the state. We've watched several other states mismanage their tax incentive programs. They're usually because there's a cap on the amount of money they'll pay back at the end of each year. And then the rest of the money seems to go to whatever the government needs it to go to. And so there are several states that are struggling to pay Hollywood back the money that they've said that they would give back as part of the tax. And so there's, there's a whole minefield that I'm still studying, and we're, we're discussing this with other states that, that are doing it fairly well, to try to find out what we need to do. They are important, but they're not urgent. And the reason I say that is because if the governor, who is Doug Ducey, who is very supportive of the film industry, signed those into law today, And then the business came, like it does in Atlanta, like it does in Albuquerque, Mm -hmm. we wouldn't be able to handle the work with local crews at this time because people have gone away. There's been this mass exodus out of the state to follow the work. So it's kind of like happy hour, right? Everybody loves happy hour. But if you don't have the restaurant, then where are you going to have the happy hour? So we need to rebuild the infrastructure of the state here first before we have...
1: You know, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, you talked about Albuquerque, so we're talking New Mexico.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: What do they have as an incentive then at the moment to attract?
2: I'm not sure what their percentage is. I think it's ranging between the twenty to thirty percent, um, twenty to thirty percent back on the amount of money that's spent in the state. They do have Albuquerque Studios, which Netflix purchased um, less than two years ago, mm-hmm. and and obviously it's it's the the cheaper labor pool that's cheaper to live there than it is to live in Phoenix or Tucson, say. And so, there's a lot of reasons for them to go there for the tax incentives. Plus, they have a very strong film program. Now that we have Matthew Earl Jones here as our film commissioner, we're we're trying to rebuild our infrastructure so we can compete with them. The problem is, it's not really competition, is it? Because we're, you're in radio, I'm in television and film and stage, but we're different parts of the same industry. We're mm. part of the entertainment industry. And so what we're trying to do with this expo also is break down these barriers where it's not a Tucson versus Phoenix mentality. It's not an Arizona versus New Mexico mentality. We're trying to get people to work together because we're all in the same industry. But of course. Yeah.
1: Well, of course. It's a catch-22. You yeah. either you can either get the, the funding or the investors, and now we don't have crews to make the darn things. <laughs> exactly. Or we've got a lot of people out of work who are very good at what they do. Right. And there's no investors around. So this Arizona Film Expo, all right, it's going to be a business exposition and conference for Arizona filmmakers, along with actors, directors, producers, writers, and crew members. Now, uh, does, that, does that does that cover everybody?
2: That covers most everybody. Um, you know, we when we got this opportunity from the Ten West Festival. This is the fifth annual Ten West Festival, and and you can find out more about that on their website. 10 West is basically a festival that showcases all of the great things that are in Tucson and Southern Arizona. So we've got the biosphere, we've got U of A, we've got the city of Tucson. We have all our museums. They're all participating in this 10 day festival. Mm -hmm. And so when they invited us to come and do uh, the film expo as part of their uh, organization, it was just really a great opportunity for us. And the, their structure is for social impact. They don't want you just to go to this conference, uh, uh, any part of this conference uh, or festival, And go away going, wow, that was a great festival, and then nothing happens. They're trying to drive change. They're trying to drive Mm -hmm. action items. And so you covered most of the people, but what we're also doing is we're bringing other shareholders to the table. We're bringing mayors and town managers and economic development uh, people and convention and visitors bureau and tourism attractions to the table, other industries, hotels, rental cars, caterers people who support the film industry would benefit from. Very much so. So so we're trying to get all the stakeholders to the table at the same time.
1: Mm, That's very important. Because let's face it, I mean, nine out of ten people, unless you're associated with the industry and work in the game, you know, you go to the flicks, you go to a movie, wow, I had a great time, ate my popcorn, went home, whatever. But when you get in behind the scenes... There's uh, food needed, trucks needed, right. uh, accommodation.
2: Portageons. Uh, Portageons.
1: <laughs> I mean, it just goes on and on and on, doesn't it, yes. of the things. So, this is rather clever. So, the idea is to network. Mm -hmm. sort of get everybody together who's involved come in left right and center it's not just you know actors and and writers and producers it's all the other industries as well yeah welcome to come to this and mix and mingle and so on to disseminate and gather information find out i guess and uh you know what's being worked on, on throughout the state, and, and whose resources are available. It, it's it's like a, a melting pot of um, of spying at the moment, isn't it? It's crea- like
2: creatives all <laughs> in one room. Yes,
1: <laughs> you could make a down movie out of the thing and be done with it. What about to build? What's the idea of building? When if I said build to you about this whole expo, what are you trying to do there?
2: We're trying to build sustainability here. We want to create an industry. You know, at Caribou, we've always said paychecks and dental plans for everyone that's our goal it's not just that we want to make movies it's that we want to create something that's sustainable for our state and our children and our grandchildren to be able to I would love to send my children to college on caribou moving pictures checks and and have a dental plan for myself on it Um, so the sustainability we also want to rebuild the industry and part of this is the reason we invited the city and state government officials and county government officials is so that they can see we are a viable industry here we're still doing work you know, Film Tucson, which is the f- Tucson Film Office, they've been actively doing this for 30 years, right? They, they they have arranged for free permitting in the city of Tucson. Matthew Earl Jones has started the Real Savings Program, R-E-E-L, kind of a play mm-hmm. on words there, to, to find companies that are associated, like you said, hotels and airlines and rental car agencies, caters, that will offer discounts to any films that are made in, in Arizona. And so we're, we're trying to have local incentives built up. We're trying to have networking built up We and find out who our people are because, a lot, of, like I said, a lot of them have left already. So who's left here? Who's still doing stuff here? Mm. And then educate the city and state government and county government officials. This is what we're doing. This is what we're here. This is how you do it. We only have six AFCI-accredited uh, film commissioners in the state. And a lot of cities and towns don't even have somebody who's a film officer. Well, office. what
1: do they do? Why are they important?
2: They're important. AFCI... Uh, is important because they train their film commissioners all over the world to the same standards. Here are the forms you need. Here is your contact list for SAG, for IATSE, for all the different uh, unions that are involved. So if I go to Marana, Mm -hmm. she's AFCI. If I go to her, I will get the same level of professionalism and assistance that I would if I went to Hong Kong. So, it's the same training. Okay. And it's trying to create standardization, right? So you don't end up in the middle of nowhere filming and there's nobody to help you.
1: Okay. I guess this is important too for Hollywood. I mean, uh, if something wanted to come out of Hollywood to be made as a film, they. They would hire a crew here if the crew was substantially talented enough. Absolutely,
2: absolutely, because it costs more for them to bring their crew with them from somewhere else. Right, right.
1: So that's where that's important. Mm. What about workshops, how tos, handles, programming? Is is that all in this expo as well? Yes,
2: it is. Uh, We have several industry experts. Jeannie Joseph, who was the former CEO at Hawaii Studios, is doing a workshop on "Could My Great Idea Become a Blockbuster Movie." And so she's going to walk people through the, I have a great idea. You know, every year in radio, you know, everybody says, Hey, Mark, I have a great idea. And you just go, Oh my gosh, just, I'm not going to write it for you. Go do it. And Mm -hmm. you know, I don't want to do the work for you. So she's going to teach them how to get started. And then Mark Crockett from Paddlefoot Productions. He's a mystery novelist with, I believe three novels out already. And he's going to come and teach you how, once you've made the decision to make it into a television or a movie, He's going to show you how. He's going to basically give you all the tools to Well, isn't that fantastic? So it's very exciting. So
1: anybody listening now, even if you're not in Tucson, uh, you might be in Hong Kong right now, and you want to get out of what's happening over there. Perhaps come over to Tucson. We'd love to see you. Maybe you can contribute something to the X. What date is it on again, by the way?
2: Tuesday, October 15th.
1: Tuesday, October the 15th, which is uh, not long now. Mm -hmm, And it starts, what, at 9 a.m.?
2: 9 a.m. goes till 5 p.m. And then there'll be a 6 p.m. to 8 p.m the inaugural Arizona Film and Media Hall of Fame Awards.
1: Mm, terrific. Um, showing off, what about the greater Arizona community? Hollywood and the rest of the country uh, that were still here, still, still a place to come and make movies. How are you going to show off Arizona?
2: What we're doing is we're, in, that's one of the reasons we're inviting the tourism and convention bureaus from around the state as well as economic development people because we want them to come and set up their booth or their table, and show the videos of all of these great things that nobody knows. Here's our region, right? We have, I believe, the only working steamboat, steam-powered paddle boat west of the Mississippi, right here in Arizona. I didn't know that until we have a, a cafe shaped like a UFO in Gila Bend. I want to go shoot there just because that sounds cool. (laughs) Right? So there's these... these, these We don't have to go to Area 51, do we? (laughs) No, we got... It's Area 49, I think. But, um, you know, we have these little hidden gems in Arizona. Plus, like you said, the weather i mean we, if you need rain we're not the place to go mm. but if you want sunshine and be able to shoot 364 days that's why the raf came here right because yeah. practically all year to fly and train. yeah and
1: well, good for uh, parts and yeah. planes as well <laughs> um the buy and sell component of the expo what what's what's behind that
2: so the the goal one of the goals is to become the american film market for arizona right we want to become the arizona film market event Uh, We've had some discussions with the the, uh, Giant Screen Cinema Association and AFM already about having them come next year. I'm going out there in November to talk with them about how to structure this because we would like to become the AFM-approved event for Arizona on the way to their big event in November. Arizona in October, Los Angeles in November. Mm,
1: Makes sense, doesn't it?
2: So we're hoping to have that ability to where people may not want to come here and make movies right now, but we are a content-rich state. There is so much material coming out of the, the creative people in this state. that. Could so
1: predominantly, publish. this is uh, films that have been made that need distributing?
2: These are films that have been made that need distribution and films that need to be made that don't have funding. Okay. So it's both.
1: Okay. So let's talk about the industry. Now that you touched on that, this is very interesting, why they have these festivals all over the place. I mean, Khan is a big one and all of that. But the idea of all these festivals is for people to go and, and try to get their, their product shown.
2: And noticed by distributors. That's and the noticed main, by yeah. the distributors. So How
1: many th- distributors go to these things?
2: I'm not sure. It depends on the film festival, the date and the location. But, um, you know, obviously Cannes and Sundance are the big ones where people will buy actual, they will actually buy your film Right after they see it, right. Um, and
1: when they, when you say buy, how does that work? It's a matter of
2: interest. So basically, what happens? There, there's multiple paths, right? If you've already got the movie in the can, then they will sign a distribution deal with you. And some distributors handle everything. Some are piecemeal. But basically, it, one distributor may say, "Well, we'll put this in theater. We do theatrical distribution. We'll put it in theaters all over the country." Another one might say I can handle your DVD sales. Another one might say I can handle your streaming video and on-demand sales. Mm. And then there's also regions. So you would sell not you the distributor would then sell your movie to be shown in say Germany, and there would be a piece of money from that, or Australia, and there's a piece of money for that, or all of the all of Asia. So it just, just depends on how how the distributors is set up.
1: Mm. So if um, Caribou, your company made a movie. And I was a distributor and I was blown away with what I saw at one of these festivals. And I said, you know what, I I really want to distribute this thing all over the world for you we would do a deal in a contract with you asking what every time it's shown we want to be paid or do we how does it work in in the game of how you're actually rewarded
2: for your effort again the structures will be different some distributors will pay you every time it shows somewhere others will give you what's called upfront money Um, basically like in the publishing industry it would be your advance okay and then you wouldn't get any more money until that had earned out other distributors say, you know, we'll pay you X per year, no matter what, for this period of time. So the structure of the deal really is up to you and the distributor. I'd say it's pretty yeah, flexible, it, isn't it? It really is. <laughs>
1: <laughs> as long as they don't go out of business in three years, that's, you know, long as you get what's due to you? Uh, that's excellent. What about, um, what's the genesis of this expo?
2: So the genesis of the expo is kind of interesting. I had met with... Uh, Tucson Mayor Jonathan Rothschild, maybe two months before this happened, just wanting to talk to him about where he was on film, how he supports film, very supportive of film. Um, And since the city of Tucson is part of 10 West, that's kind of an interesting dovetail. Another filmmaker, Genevieve Anderson, she's out of Los Angeles and has a home here in Tubac. She was filming Dust One, this movie called Dust One, here in, in Southern Arizona. And she had approached 10 West and said, you know, this is a fantastic festival. Do you do anything on film? And they said, yeah, what do you want to do? And she said, oh, well, I'm busy with my film. You should talk to Daryl. And then they called me and apparently the mayor maybe had been talking to them too. I mean, there was many, many paths into 10 West and suddenly I got this phone call that said, we want you to do a film thing. And I said, Fil- <laughs> film thing is very vague. And uh, their response was to change the dialogue from there's no reason to film in Arizona anymore. And I said, to what? And they said, anything but that. And I said, great, let's do it. And so that was kind of the genesis of it. I approached my team at Caribou and said, hey, do you guys want to do this? And they said, absolutely. So, and we've just been gathering partners like you know like yourself like southern arizona video productions paddlefoot productions there's just so many mm-hmm. so many groups that are coming together for this it's fantastic
1: Well, I hope you're enjoying this uh, episode of Tucson Means Business. And, of course, we're very grateful and very proud to have as our sponsor the 49ers Golf and Country Club, a uh, icon tradition here in wonderful Tucson, Arizona. And uh, my particular guest today from the 49ers is the Director of Membership, and tournaments, and his name is Casey Polivchak.
0: Hi, Casey. Hey, Mark, how's it going today?
1: It's going well, thank you very much. I want to talk about memberships, a lot of talk about golf clubs going down and people not playing again, and we're increasing. What's happening there?
0: You know, the club over the last seven years has just really made a nice big increase in uh, in membership. It's been steady, but if you look at our numbers, you know, year over year, we're definitely on the, uh, on the climb. Is there
1: anything specific that you can uh, point the finger at for that? Do you think?
0: Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, we've got a new owner, and he came in, and he's just revitalized the club. Um, the club was on the verge of uh, going bankrupt or closing uh, when the new owner stepped in, and he's just continued to invest in the in the club, the facilities, the golf course, uh, the restaurant, and he's just a uh, just a bit of a blessing for the the neighborhood, the community. But definitely the, uh, the members of 49er Country Club
1: Well, it's quite unique. It's a beautiful course with trees everywhere for shade. Of course, a lot of people think in the desert. I mean, this particular show goes all over the place, so you never know who's going to hear it, uh, or which country for that matter. But should they be visiting Arizona? And uh, I've heard a lot about the 49ers Golf and Country Club. It's easy to find. It's on uh, Tankoverti Road heading east out of town. Anybody can point that way. Your GPS can get it. Not a problem. It's about 12,000. And you can see it because of the entry gates. very nice entry gates there and you'll see the club on your left which is the rink on mountain grill as you go into the actual golf club and then you'll find the pro shop and so on so it's easy to find from that point of view what would you say to visitors we do have a lot of visitors don't we from the midwest from the north uh, the colder climates and so on as we call friendly our snowbirds mm-hmm. yeah. what would you um say to them about if they haven't been to the 49ers yet
0: okay so 49er, I would liken it to a Midwestern-style golf course because mm. of the tree-lined fairways. Um, when we get our snowbirds in, if they're coming out for a, you know, a golf trip, a lot of times I recommend they come play 49er if it's a warm-up round. If they haven't played for, you know, a couple months because of the snow on the ground, um, you know, the the thing about it is it's tucked into the corner of the mountains out there. That's what Rincon means All right. um, in the corner. Uh, but the golf course is, uh, it is, it's more traditional tree line fairways, um, elevated tees, elevated greens. Um, it's a, it's a great golf course to play. It's its not going to kill you. It's not going to, uh, you know, have a bunch of huge forced carryovers, desert and cactus and, you mm-hmm. uh, it's uh, It's not
1: what one thinks. No, it's not. For the but desert, yeah.
0: You got to keep it straight.
1: <laughs> It'll challenge you that way. You got to keep it straight. And of course, if you, you know, if, if it talks your cork at the moment, simply go to the 49ers website which is
0: 49ercc.com. That's spelled out fortyninerc cc.com.
1: There you go. Okay, so do that. There's some lovely photographs, great stories to look at, and it'll give you everything about the club. You can't uh, you can't fail. All right, we're going to be back with Casey another time. You're listening to Tucson Means Business. Well, you're listening to Daryl F. Mallett. He's the chair of the Arizona uh, Wonderful uh, Film Expo that is coming up here in uh, the middle of October in. Tucson, Arizona, and he's also a partner at Caribou Moving Bitches, which is a production company right here in Tucson. Why is Arizona called the flyover state?
2: The, uh, all of us that are here in the film industry hate that moniker. The reason we're called that is because everybody is driving or flying f- through us or over us to go to Albuquerque or to or somewhere to, else to, to Louisiana or to Georgia. Yeah. Right. And my office is right on I 10, and I see the Oh look, there goes the Paramount truck and oh look there goes the MGM truck. Oh, that would be a heartbreaking. And then I see them coming home and, and I just I want to run out and throw spike strips out and say, Hey, did you at <laughs> least stop and buy gas? And I, yeah. you know, did you spend any of your money in Arizona? Mm-hmm. And so we're we're trying to get them to say, Oh look, it's Arizona. We should we should stop here.
1: Well it's um you know, in life, I mean it can take um, some time to find the gem in the desert (laughs) and we are the jewel when they do find us every Tom, Dick and Harry I want a piece of it you watch. What are film tax incentives and why are they important and to whom?
2: Film tax incentives are tax breaks or rebates that a state, a city, a county, a region can offer a film production company in the form of money back that's spent, a percentage of money back that's spent in our state. And they're important to, mostly to the investors. So say if you have a $10 million movie and you come to Arizona and we say, we'll give you 25% back. That means you you have automatically $2.5 million that's being given back to you, if my math is correct. I'm not a mathematician. You may want to have your fact checkers check that. $2.5 million. Automatically slated to do publicity and advertising, so so you, that money comes back to you, even though you spent it in the state. Does that make sense? So mm-hmm. so, so they're getting double the double the bang for that two point five.
1: What about corporations that want to get behind it? can can't there be something structured where if they were to support the industry? They would get a a sizable uh, tax deduction?
2: I would imagine so. Again, I'm not a tax person, but my understanding from running my own business is anything that I spend on business is deductible on my corporate taxes. Mm -hmm. So if I was to spend $100,000 sponsoring a movie... Uh, and, and again, it would be determined by the structure of whatever your company is, whether mm-hmm, LLC mm-hmm. or S Corp or whatever. But there's nothing
1: special arranged for it at the moment for any corporation. No, there's nothing special. It's just a generic expense if it was to be.
2: Involved. Absolutely.
1: Well, that's not going to work, is it? That's not enough. You need more. What about me, Mr. Resident, Mr. Tom, Dick and Harry down the street? What could I get out of backing a movie or investing?
2: So the, <laughs> the way I've always said it is, and I've never been one to, to fluff numbers, there's a 90 percent chance you won't get anything back except you get your name in the movie and you probably get to meet some of the stars and you're going to have a great time doing it
1: well let me tell you something we did it in australia i don't know if you know this or not but have you ever heard of a guy called um uh, crock dundee yes well we went public uh, with it all across australia and little bitty old ladies mate a dollar here a dollar there five bucks here and that thing raised a lot of money, mm-hmm. and it became a bigger hit than anybody ever thought it was going to be. <laughs> I just sort of wonder. if That
2: is a- available. Obviously, there's Indiegogo. There's, there's plenty of crowdfunding places that you can do that. One of the problems you have to be careful with is that you get into SEC rules you know, on, on what an investor means. So, again, consult, right. your, consult your tax uh, person for that.
1: Yeah, doesn't make it easy for the game, does it? No. You're working very hard to try and get it done, so it's really got to come out of government.
2: It, it, government you know. needs to help. Uh, they, they, it's not going to be all dependent on them, but they definitely need to do something. So when Janet Napolitano was the governor here, she backed biotech, and they courted the Transgenomics Institute. They're the, they're the folks that uh, translated the human genome asked them would you come to phoenix and they offered all kinds of tax breaks for them to come and TGen finally struck a deal with them built this fantastic campus in downtown phoenix and then 20 other biotech companies followed so they had this entire biotech industry mm. centered right in downtown phoenix we'd like to have something like that to attract mgm paramount you know lionsgate to come and have offices here in the southwest mm-hmm. and if one studio would come and do it. I think that others... So they might drag some of the yeah, others. Mm-hmm.
1: And do you think we've got the uh, premises to be able to
2: do this? We do. Uh, the town of Marana, their economic development department is very, very interested in pursuing this. And so mm-hmm. I think... Uh, and then Vale's growing. So there's a lot of places here. Phoenix is a bit overcrowded, obviously, to be able to build right, something. Right, right. But
1: this. why is it only Marana? I mean, they've got their own film festival thing going.
2: Everything. They do. Um, you know, Tucson Tucson probably has some incentives uh, to do that as well. Uh, so basically... The, it's a county so it's, thing. I think it's more of a... The cities and the county of Pima need to get together and, and figure out how to do this, yeah.
1: What would you like to see happen over the next 12 months?
2: I would like to see... I would like to see people going away from this expo motivated to make their own movies and television shows. I would like to see more cooperation between the elements here in Arizona. Uh, like I said, a breakdown between uh, no more Phoenix versus Tucson mentality. We, we, we all need to work together. There's so many talented people here, Mark, in, in this state that are they're all heading in the same direction. Our, our internal branding for this expo w- w- was Unicorns Unite. Because there are so many magical creatures Mm, here mm. in the desert, but we don't all know each other, and we don't know what we're doing, and we don't communicate with one another, and we don't share our resources with one another. And I'd like to see a little bit more of working together, talking with each other, finding out what... Jerome is doing and Sholo is doing so you don't have film festivals on top of each other on the same weekend in the state, you know, no, to be able to spread yeah, it you got to work together. Absolutely. and, and, the, and the Everybody reason, wins then, don't absolutely. they? Absolutely. Know? And one of the things that potential investors have said to us at Caribou is they want to spread the risk out, right? That makes sense mm-hmm. in the business. So instead of saying, I'm going to film your movie, Mark, I, I want to, here's $5 million for your movie. They could lose it all on your movie. Mm-hmm. But if they had a group of companies that came together and said, here's our catalog of all of our films that we're working on. They might say $1 a apiece on five films. Mm-hmm. Spread the risk out.
1: Spread the risk. So
2: investors are looking for packaging. Five to looking, one odds. Absolutely. That's a good idea. Yeah.
1: Very smart. You're a smart fella.
2: Well, my parents taught me well.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're talking with uh, Daryl uh, F. What's the F for?
2: My middle name is Furumi. Say again. Furumi. Really? Yes. My mother's. Who threw my, you away? Yeah, exactly. Right, <laughs> right. My mom's. Sorry, I got you. Yeah, no, it's, it. it's fine. No, Don't I'm, call us. We'll call you. I'm okay. very proud of my middle name. My mother's from Japan, and that's oh. my grandmother's maiden name.
1: My word. So, yeah. Well, there you go. What about your company organization? If anybody's listening now would like to contact you personally or look up what you've done, uh, what's the best way to uh, contact Mr. Mallett?
2: Uh, You can Google me. I'm not hiding. Uh, My phone number's out there. My email's (laughs) out there. Uh, We're working on cariboumovingpictures.com. You can also find me at the Arizona Film Expo at... ArizonaFilmExpo.com. Okay. And uh, my phone number, I think, is on your website.
1: So what's Caribou up to? What are the moving bitches you're up to these days?
2: So we just came back from Paulden, Arizona, where we're in pre-production meetings with C-Bar, which is a Western, 1880s Western around the family of Ducky Barnett. Are they still going these days? That People still like Westerns? Oh, Westerns are so hot right now. Really? It really is. I mean, Longmire. We don't, we'll, oh, I love Longmire. But why? It's a nothing.
1: I mean, you know, it's just the pace of it all, I
2: think. Yeah, But I
1: that's not so. a real Western.
2: No, no, those are modern Westerns. That's so a modern we're Western. We're doing 1880s.
1: You're doing a real Western. I mean, absolutely. There's gunfights and all that jazz? Gunfights
2: and the whole shebang, <laughs> yeah. In fact, they just finished filming Gunfight at Silver Creek at Old Tucson Studios last month. So yeah, yeah, Westerns are definitely hot. Wow. My my friend Chuck Williams at Avondale Pictures, they're doing the Righteous 12, which is gunslinging zombies it's going to be fantastic oh my god so
1: it's, so maybe there's some comedy coming back into the oh, west is i think it? so yeah <laughs> all righty well you know i wish you luck with what you're doing with Thank caribou you. now the big thing of course is the arizona film expo it's going to be held at our beautiful tcc which stands for
2: tucson convention center
1: there you go as simple as that it's a lovely building it's uh, beautiful inside it's been renovated and so on what actual which part are you going to be utilizing for the expo
2: so the whole tucson convention center is being utilized that day Um, we're we're part of a greater uh, conference called creative conference 2.0 so there'll be graphic designers and artists and sculptures and photographers and painters and you name it we're going to be in three of the rooms we're in the mojave the Maricopa and the Cochise rooms for our three tracks of programming. We'll also have some booths out in the uh, grand entrance. And then we have an event uh, uh, in the morning where we're presenting. Uh, it's Barbara Eden Appreciation Day, actually. Oh. Uh, Barbara Eden was born here in Tucson. Was she really? Yeah. And so she's coming to be our special guest uh, along with several others and receive the That's induction great. into the Hall of Fame for Arizona Film and Media. And Mayor Rothschild has issued a proclamation that he'll be presenting to her at 9 o'clock in the morning in the Grand Ballroom there. So Fabulous. And then in the evening, we'll be at the Hotel Congress from 6 to 8 p.m. You can get in with your ticket uh, to 10 West, www.10west.com, where you can buy your tickets. And anybody with a ticket can come to the event in the evening and see Barbara Eden, Gary Clark, Steven Spielberg, Redden, Margie Wolverton, Tom Mix, we're going to be giving I think 11 awards this year. So
1: Spielberg will be there.
2: Spielberg will not be there sadly. He's filming somewhere oh, okay. else in the world. We're uh-huh. hoping, we're, we're hoping to get a, an acceptance video from his office though.
1: <laughs> Well, mate, all I can say is I wish you all the luck in the world. It's a gutsy move and it's about time. Uh, The chair is Daryl F. Mallett of the Arizona Film Expo. We wish them well because this is a big thing for not only good old Tucson, but for the whole state of Arizona, for a lot of people who need work, for a lot of people who have got skills, who are talented, came out of the industry, you know, it's very, it's sad because it's like our university students that have to go to other places all around the country to get jobs, you know. And yet it was funny. I had an interview the other day with um, the head of a consortium in Milwaukee of all things that have put a whole tech project together where all the company, well, not all the companies, the smart ones have got together in Milwaukee and they have funded a concept and what they call a hub. And the hub is attracting tech workers from all around America, including Tucson, Mm -hmm. to come to Milwaukee, albeit with the weather and all, but all the rest of the nice way of living and the good wages and all of that because those businesses need tech workers. Yes. And they can't get them. Right. Now, we're trying as Tucson in the community to bring companies and corporations aren't we to the mm, southwest yes. beautiful way of living and all the rest of it and to be able to create jobs yes. for particular people you relay that to this industry
2: absolutely and we, we could have
1: so much going on and, funny.
2: and that's why we're so so happy to have arizona commerce authority and the city of tucson and the arizona film office helping us with this event because they are the movers and the shakers for commerce and film obviously and mm-hmm. and so they, they have the ten thousand foot vision for all of Arizona, so having them help us has just really been really been a blessing. That's fabulous.
1: Well, I'm looking forward to the Expo. I thank you for being invited along, and I'm looking forward to doing some interviews there. I'll be set up. Uh, this has been the Mark Bishop Show with my very special guest, Darrell F. Mallett. If you get a chance to get to that Expo, please do so. If you can't, tell people about it. The more that get there, the better. At the TCC, and the date again?
2: Tuesday, October 15th.
1: October the 15th, a Tuesday. All right, it's all day till five, and then you go up to the Hotel Congress between six and eight for the awards. Thank you, Daryl.
2: Thanks for letting me be here. Marco's it great.
1: It's been a pleasure.